KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week, we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. For the first time in 12 years, 2022 saw the metrics that track Pierce County's economy slide in the wrong direction. What will the data show about 2023? Did we put in a bottom this past year, setting us up for further growth in 2024? From labor to supply chains, running a business has not been easy lately. A checkup on the Pierce County and Tacoma economies is the discussion tonight on Northwest Now. Every year, the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber of Commerce releases the Pierce County Economic Index, or PCEI, report. I help go through the data at the annual Horizons Breakfast with Dr. Neil Johnson, who crunches all the numbers from the previous year and then tries to read the tea leaves for the year ahead. Up until 2022, all the trend lines were headed up for more than a decade. But last year's report wasn't great, with income, spending, and real estate all down. Coming up next week, we get the numbers for 2023 and look ahead to 2024. It looks like interest rates have topped out, but the effects on consumer spending, housing, and jobs has yet to really hit the system. It'll be interesting to see if we've leveled back out for a flat 2023. The residential apartment market in Pierce County and Tacoma, for instance, has tanked, and the big plans for a resort at Chambers Bay did as well, so finance costs, labor, and inflation are taking a toll. Meanwhile, most business and industry continues to grind along here in Tacoma Pierce, with new tenants building 4 million square feet of new space in Fredrickson, the area's designation as a hydrogen hub by the Biden administration, and a continued strong employment picture. One thing we do have in Tacoma Pierce is consistency. The healthcare systems are steady, so is JBLM, city and county government, manufacturing and logistics. And, as Steve Kiggins tells us now, a small company you might never have heard of, Another day on the Tacoma Tide Flats means another tour at the clean tech startup company named Aquaga. We've had tours from folks from around the country flying in to see this, even globally sort of getting attention, making national press. So a lot of it is very, very recent. In early 2024, several Pierce County Council members got a first-hand look at the company's operations. The backbone of the PFAS molecule is the carbon-fluorine bond. Aquaga launched in 2019, marketing its technology that destroys PFAS, a man-made compound that once was considered a forever chemical because it doesn't naturally break down. In the last three to four years, the ability to show there's other methods of dealing with this forever chemical and removing the forever part of the chemical so that it's no longer going to exist has been very exciting. And yes, it's spurring up a whole industry around itself. That system can be run from this room. The startup has already earned multiple awards, private investment and grants from the Environmental Protection Agency, Department of Defense, National Science Foundation and others. I feel really lucky and privileged to be able to get up and work on something that matters and to have a purpose to my work. Like, not everybody gets that. Developed in the 1950s, PFAS is everywhere. Found in consumer and commercial and industrial products like firefighting foam. PFAS has been detected in environments and populations around the globe and is linked to harmful and serious health effects in humans and animals. We've got technologies that can make a real impact to the problem, and so that's very exciting. CEO Nigel Sharp and CTO Brian Pinkert says its tech can fit into a small freight container. 
Last summer, their PFAS destruction unit treated 20,000 gallons of water contaminated by spent firefighting foam at Alaska's Fairbanks International Airport. The Tacoma Maritime Innovation Incubator fostered Aquaga inside the Center for Urban Waters, allowing the company to grow. You know, we doubled last year. We were seven people, and then we were up to 14. I think we could double, you know, every year for the next five to 10 years and still be like continuing to grow after that. Um, the problem's that big. And since PFAS contamination is a global crisis, Aquaga believes other clean tech startups may find similar success in the South Sound. Getting rid of the problem once and for all, people ask us, well, what then? Like, you know, you guys are going to put yourselves out of business. And I say, like, I hope so. Like, you know, that's where I'd love to see Aquaga get to. Let's solve the problem once and for all, be done with this. In Pierce County, Steve Kiggins, Northwest Now. Joining us now are Tacoma Pierce Chamber of Commerce CEO Andrea Ray, Betty Capistani from the Pierce County Economic Development Department, and Carol Wolf with the City of Tacoma's Department of Business Services and Workforce Partnerships. Welcome all of you to Northwest Now. Great to have our annual discussion about the economy here in Pierce County and Tacoma. Um, you know, the numbers um, show that the economy is doing pretty well, but nationally, People don't poll that way. They will tell you, and the Biden administration has been having some problems with this, that the economy's bad. They don't feel good about how things are going. Folks know how their job is doing. Maybe they talk to their boss a little bit who maybe gives them a little insight, but that's why you folks are here to tell folks what's actually going on. And I want to start with each one of you, have you answer this question. We'll start with you, Andrea. When you talk to people at an event that the chamber has many of, um, what is your perception of how small business, large business, some of the employees are feeling about their jobs, feeling about the economy, optimistic, pessimistic? Give us your take. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you. I think that businesses are more optimistic this year than they were last year. I like to think about when we were sitting here this time last year, we were talking about an impending recession. Mm -hmm. It wasn't if we were going to have a recession, but we were going to have a recession and how bad is it going to be? Skyrocketing inflation. And I think that when we're talking to consumers and we're looking at that polling data for you know, how uh, positive people are feeling about the economy, it's because those inflationary prices are real, right? You know, mm -hmm. you are looking at 25% more for your groceries when you're in the line at the grocery store, at the gas pump, you know, these, these inflationary pressures are real for consumers and also for businesses. And so trying to, you know, manage and work through that. But then you look at consumer spending and you know, consumer behavior, and we're buying, you know, more new cars than ever before. So it's this interesting paradox where there is a sentiment and a feeling of maybe not being as positive, and then you look at the behavior, and the behavior actually, you know, is continuing to support how the, the strong the economy is. And yeah. so I think that when we're talking to businesses, absolutely inflationary pressures, you know, workforce considerations, you know, these are all still things that are impacting businesses. Um, but from this time, you know, last year, people are are more optimistic. That's true. A lot of people tell you the, the economy is terrible while you're talking to them at the airport going to Cancun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, Betty, what's your take? You talk um, in a lot of the same circles, but also different, different ones as well in the county. What are folks telling you? Where are they on this whole positive negative thing um, going forward in the county? Sure. And I really t tapping into everything Andrea said, I think they're optimistic. And probably if you look back over 
any time period, you'll see cycles of things going on. And, and I think you always need to pay attention to headlines, but I think businesses are fig figuring out how to be more resilient. Um, they figured that out through the pandemic of how to pivot, um, how to see opportunities. We're seeing in the coming year, hopefully interest rates are coming down. Mm -hmm. That's an opportunity. We're seeing uh, some of labor slowing, but that may be an opportunity if jobs can't be filled. Um, we're seeing some of the inflationary pressures come down. So, so there could be lots of things there. We're seeing the supply chain has been ironed out, uh, which is why people probably were able to buy cars right. that they couldn't buy before. Uh, so I think there's tons of optimistic outlook. Um, also, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurship, and we're really seeing that in Pierce County. We can talk about that later, but that's been a, a true focus that we when you grow a lot of those small businesses, it's yeah. like bringing in a lot of big businesses yep. to the county. Uh, so, so I think there's tons of optimism in Pierce County. I say, feel free to break some news too if anybody big's knocking on our door. Um, oh, we, 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 might, we might tell you a little something. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Got to make sure the big bosses know first, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Same question to you, Carol. Um, from the city's perspective, um, there's, there have been some things that have fallen through because of financing and whatnot, particularly in residential part, you know, multifamily and things, because financing is always tough on that. But generally speaking, how do you, what's, when you take the temperature of small business, people living in the city, what are they telling you? How are you feeling about it? Well, thank you for that question, Tom. And I really like seeing that when you uh, told us you were going to ask us that. And building on both what Andrea and what Betty have said, what we're finding are people are really excited about the opportunities that exist in this post kind of pandemic reality with the hybrid work schedules taking advantage of the fact that people are uh, wanting to work and live closer to where they, they want to shop and they're working now from home and they want to just go out their door. So we have a lot of businesses that are taking advantage of that, that hybrid work schedule. There are also some of the investments the county and others, including the city, have made in technical assistance during the pandemic. People have experienced business growth from that and opportunity. So now they're looking for us and they're looking for ways to get into brick and mortar locations and they're finding them. They're just, they're really excited. And in some of our business districts like Proctor, we have business and retailers telling us their business is up 20% okay. in 2023 over 2022. So we're not seeing really any type of negative feelings going into 24, actually a lot of enthusiasm yeah, that's... and entrepreneurial, act, entrepreneurial excitement. Yeah. Um, is it fair to say um, that the advent of remote work, and anybody can answer this, and maybe Andrew, you brought it, I mean, Carol, you brought it up, so maybe you start. Is, could remote work actually help Pierce County where that I-67 evacuation maybe doesn't happen as much every, anymore? The other jobs are up there, but at least they're down here going out the front door in the Proctor District to get a bite or whatever it may be. Am I making that up or is that possible? You are not making that up. And what we're seeing again, it's all about choices, right? So as, as we're investing in transportation options and people can get to their work locations in Seattle and other counties and in Tacoma quicker, that's always a win. But what we're finding in all of our neighborhood business districts, and Tacoma has 15, um, what we're finding is they're getting the density of housing, the fact that there's hybrid work schedules and there are all types of new businesses opening up and they're doing market capture in different ways. Some of our businesses, they're maintaining their, um, their uh, business changes to restaurants, their seating models that service people who are walking up and down the street as opposed to coming in right for long-term lunch. They're taking a quick break from work. We're seeing that type of experience with our restaurants. The link light rail, people are going up and down between business districts and they are really, they're thriving now and business is up. And, who may, and who may be remote workers? Remote that workers break. Yeah. and the investments in infrastructure and housing is making our business districts and the central business district downtown. They're really, they're starting to have more feet on the street and businesses are 
benefiting. And Betty, connectivity is a big one for that. Pierce County has been working a lot with the whole broadband internet thing. Um, is this idea that I have that maybe we don't all run up north on 167 and stay here to, to work, is that reality? Do you well, think? We're, we're, ho we're hoping it can get more to reality. And actually we're seeing, not just with hybrid, but I think we're also seeing uh, businesses are choosing to relocate uh, to Pierce County because that's where the talent lives. Okay, break some um, news. So, Go ahead. So, 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 so those things are happening and decisions are being made on that circle uh, of information there. Uh, I also think there, there's some people, I mean, you're never going to move SeaTac Airport. We have a lot of our Pierce County employees that work at SeaTac Airport. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so some of that will be a natural uh, movement up um, I-5 or 167, but we're also seeing the infrastructure pieces that I think Andrea is going to highlight that will help us with mobility, which I think is a key piece of the equation because no one wants to sit in the car for a long period of time. And we want our talent working and productive. And I think hybrid models are here to stay. Um, and it's all different. It's, it just depends on your company. I actually have probably one of the few departments in the county that we're not hybrid, never have been, probably won't be, uh, but most of the county is. Mm -hmm. so, so I think... It just depends on what your work is and how that that you need that synergy and collaboration. Andrea, feel feel to pick up on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I appreciate what Carol and Betty have said, and absolutely, we're seeing that you know with our with our businesses as they adapt to you know what is that hybrid, what is that remote work structure, and it depends on the business and it depends on the industry, right? There are some businesses like in our manufacturing industrial sector, you know, those are not remote jobs, um, and so when we're talking about how are we investing in those lowest barrier, highest earning potential jobs. A lot of those jobs are here in Pierce County and they are not open to hybrid or remote work. But some of those jobs are, and what we're seeing is people moving to Pierce County because we have the amenities here that people crave that high quality of life. And then to Betty's point, we are seeing businesses more interested in then also relocating or setting up hubs and office spaces because they're looking at the data and they're saying, look, 70% of our workforce is already here. Yeah. We know that the quality of life is impacted when you have to commute more than 30 minutes to a job. It's not just you know impacts on the environment, but it's impacts on productivity. It's impacts on employee morale. And so we're seeing you know more businesses you know relocate here because this is where the the workforce is. PCEI, the Pierce County Economic Index Report, is something that's featured every year in the Horizons Breakfast that's coming up uh, next week. So, Andrea, I want you to, A, talk about um, the event. Yeah. How do people get involved? Because I always forget that piece. Go ahead and plug it. And then um, you mentioned, too, one of the interesting things you found in that report, <clears throat> excuse me, was about um, employment. So tell us a little bit about the event and then hit the employment piece, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So it's January 31st. It is our 13th year. It is critical for us as a chamber and along with our partners in economic development to present real data and hyper-local data to our businesses so they can make those most informed decisions. Businesses thrive in predictability and certainty, and we have not had a lot of predictability and certainty in our world. And so anything and everything we can do to give more information is, is key. And so that is the expectation for the event. It's a breakfast event at the Tacoma Convention Center. More information on our website, tacomachamber.org. Uh, we are selling out, so I would just encourage people, if you're interested in coming, you know, please do you know, get tickets now. Uh, but again, that's that's where we'll highlight a lot of that information. Yeah. That information will then be available um, and shared. And yes, 
uh, unemployment and employment is is key. So when we were here last year, we were talking about it as a workers' market. Yep. Um, you know, when are people going to return to work? Uh, you know, how are we going to see that? And so what we've started to see is that stabilization, you know, in the workforce. And so more people are coming back to work. Um, and now what we're forecasting in 2024 is the jobs numbers holding a little bit more steady. Or maybe even unemployment going up slightly, Correct. which might help um, job hopping and some of those other problems. Right, and that's what happened, right? So the job numbers are going to hold steady, but we're going to have more people interested in coming back to okay. the workforce. And so that will most likely drive up uh, unemployment slightly, which will, again, continue to aid that, yeah. that stabilization in the in the workforce. Um, we're seeing a lot of, as we, as we talked a little bit about before, workforce is a consideration with businesses. Um, and so we do still need more people, you know, to come yeah. to work and to continue to grow our businesses. And we're seeing skills-based hiring um, as a tactic that is really helping um, our businesses continue to grow and expand, even in, um, you know, a less than stable, you know, yeah. workforce market, but we are forecasting yeah. more stability. You talk to people here at Base Technical College, our mm -hmm. licensee, and they'll tell you a lot of their folks are hired before they, oh, you know, absolutely. six months before they graduate. Absolutely. So, um, Andrea previewed the unemployment uh, piece a little bit with me. Betty, when you and I talked before the show, you talked about the Biden administration's um, selection of Pierce County as a hydrogen hub. Tell folks who, who probably haven't heard that, why that's important, and then also to uh, piggyback on that employment theme. Do we have the people here to support it and do it? Sure, that, that's a great question. Everyone always wonders, what is hydrogen and what's it look yeah. like? Um, and there's all different colors of hydrogen, but, but really the thing I think stands out most to me is um, it's supposed to have 30 million jobs in this industry alone by 2050, and that's a 2.5 annual trillion dollar industry. Okay, that makes you say, hey, how can we have 1% yeah. of it, 2% of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what percent do we need of that? Um, we know that currently there is a facility looking at going into Fredrickson, um, and there are other facilities looking at other places in Pierce County. Uh, the thing about the hydrogen hubs, it takes a while to get them up and going. They need a lot of the infrastructure pieces, which um, you just can't get off the shelf. It's a little harder, which gives us opportunities to upscale and rescale, yep. of which um, both the, the city and the county have had upscale rescale programs with Workforce Central. But a lot of the, and when I looked at some of the jobs, I mean, we're already training for these kinds of jobs. I mean, it's talking about renewable energy, chemical engineering, um, process optimization, data analytics. Plant uh, operations. Right, and, yeah. and even the physical, the the physical labor needed to put together the machining, all of the, the welding, those kind of components. So, yeah. so it could be a real natural synergy, but there's going to be, it's going to be growing and there'll be lots of pieces um, from there. And I took a trip last year actually on the port with a mission looking at hydrogen because EU's way ahead of us uh, on this piece. And I mean, I went in a packed car truck that that's a hybrid, but it uses just just the gas to go up and down, you know, up the hill. Um, and the, the cars that were all hydrogen. So, so it's, it's going to be an interesting transformation of our economy. But also, I think we have the talent to be able to capture those kinds yeah. of jobs. Speaking of talent, labor, we talked about that. Carol, to 
you, workforce development, we talk about it all the time. It's a constant theme here, particularly in Pierce County. City has lots of partnerships with, you know, LEAP and JBLM and apprenticeships. Talk a little bit about those partnerships, what the, how, the, how the city's involved in stimulating that and, and working with workforce in, in conjunction with your partners. Oh, thank you. Um, so what the, the role the city plays is really that partnership development, collaboration, and then investing in where we can maybe help convene the partners together. An example, we recently applied for and received a $500,000 grant from the EPA to train folks with our partners at Clover Park and also with Goodwill. And training folks to do just that type of work that just Betty and then also Andrea have been talking about that's in demand. So we, we go out and we've investing in that and we're excited that's getting kicked off this year. Other things that we really, we find that we do is working with the school district. This is kind of the long game, right? Starting to work with our school district to get the, the farm youth. Team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, this is <laughs> right. the long game, getting youth in, interested in these, like these sectors that these folks here recognize today or already have de, um, gaps in workforce availability. So working with them through Jobs 253, the Maritime Skills Center, which is just a wonderful partnership, which is regional, not just the city of Tacoma, to bring a youth and adults in and then getting real, you know, earn to learn models and certifications that they can use today to get out in these job sectors. Those are big for us. And then the other one that I think that we invest time in is building relationships with the trades, with our unionized and our non-unionized partners so that they can actually uh, scale up so we can have more local apprenticeships yeah. on our, our federally and city and locally, and excuse me, city funded projects because that's what we can do is incentivize them to have more apprenticeship and local hires on city funded projects. With folks who will maybe stay here. That are gonna stay yeah. here, the money stays cycled in here. So that's a lot where the yeah. city gets into the workforce development uh, game. Our last four minutes here, I wanna give you each a uh, crack at this one too, which is very 30,000 feet. What matters in 2024? Um, Andrea, you've been promoting the completion of the Gateway Project 167. What are the chamber's big priorities here this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's advocacy, right? And so when we're talking about maintaining a strong, equitable economic ecosystem, it's about supporting policies that will continue to create more housing. We talked about education, workforce development. We talked about business attraction. 36% of our businesses cite housing as a major issue to attract and retain workers. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to continue to advocate for smart policies that encourage more housing development. Um, and encourage more people to stay as housing providers um, instead of making that more challenging. And we're seeing some threats to that. So again, advocacy, housing, we mentioned transportation infrastructure, right? You know, um, time is money. We don't have time for our businesses and our workers to be, you know, stuck on I-5 or 167. Or freight. Right, that's, mm -hmm. exa that's exactly it. We need to make sure that, you know, again, Washington state is a trade driven state. Um, we need to move people and goods um, throughout uh, the port um, and throughout Pierce County. It's crime and public safety, you know, continues to be, yeah. you know, top of Quality of, of life stuff, and yeah. It's, it is, it's mm -hmm. that quality quality of life. So I'd say it's housing, um, it's transportation, it's education, workforce, it's crime and public safety. Betty, what were the wins in 2023? What are you looking for in 2024? Um, and what's exciting that's on the horizon? This is your chance. <laughs> well, I'll go maybe the next layer down from Andrea on that. Uh, so a huge win that actually we did in partnership with the chamber is we've launched 339 businesses mm -hmm. through the Pierce County Business Accelerator. And they have they have raised to date over $6.1 million of new capital. So we're seeing um, businesses starting uh, doing capital investment. We've seen 
seen through opportunity grants. Another 159 businesses have raised about four million, five million of new capital. So, so we're seeing reinvestment, so that's mm -hmm. a big piece. Uh, we're also seeing, as you know, in the Fredrickson area, uh, uh, lots of wins. So, so some of those wins maybe were, you highlighted, I believe in 2020, um, LPC had just come into the marketplace, had purchased a number, the last chunk of acreage at yep. that time that was available in Fredrickson. Um, they were building long-term holds spec, um, and they are 100% lease. And I believe that was about 3.5 million square feet. Um, and some of the companies coming in, it's pretty impressive. So, so I think that's the piece that we're seeing. Uh, we still have uh, currently in the pipeline um, 3.1 million square feet that, that will be coming online. And some of those companies include Old Castle Headquarters, Amazon Grocery, Florent Decor, GE Hair, Harbor Freight. Um, we're seeing in permits that actually, while some of the permits had dipped this last year, we're seeing um, ahead of time lots um, already we had 1300 lots uh, so that's in the pipeline for housing um, and the other thing that we've seen that maybe is a little people don't pay as much attention but the Parkland Spanaway area mm -hmm. um, over the last number of years they've had seven million square feet in the last five years of uh, a commercial investment so that's those are big indicators that so yeah. like you say we're so busy doing it you forget on. to go yep. back and look at it Carol last hit for you what's what's top priority for the city Top priority for the city, um, green economy strategy. City invested in that. There's a lot of opportunities for job creation and um, growing our already established businesses while recruiting some new ones. I want to say continuing to leverage the work of the chamber with the business climate and some of their great partners to deliver technical assistance that matters. Um, with the county, we want to continue to some of their accelerator programs, provide our low access to capital some of them to actually implement some of the initial startup. And Old City Hall, training. fingers crossed. Old City Hall, that was one of the last ones on my, in 2024, you're gonna see the office and retail components completed and that's gonna help round out that Southern portion of the Central Business District. That's gonna be cool. And then we're gonna move into yeah. the next phase. Great conversation. I told you 20 minutes would go fast. Yes, <laughs> so thanks so much, everybody. A lot of economists are hoping we achieve something that is typically almost impossible, a soft landing. The bottom line, government made a mistake with too much cheap money for too long, creating an inflation bomb. But all of our fingers are crossed that maybe this time, the cure will be a gentle one over time, a reduction in inflation without the pain of a recession. We'll see.